on the leading edge with AB. Living on the leading edge with AB. Living on the leading edge with AB. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I've got uh, Australian boxing royalty, Australian Aboriginal community royalty, uh, the famous Rose Brothers on your podcast today. Good, brah. Thanks for, thanks for getting us in here. You introduce yourselves for people who don't know you. Yeah, I'm Matt, oldest brother. I'm George, middle, how black sheep. How old are you, George? I'm four years younger than Matt, so whatever he is, <laughs> minus four. <laughs> I'm Trent. Trent. Yeah, little baby. Little baby brother. So um, you don't go on you don't go on podcasts, and um, I'm very grateful and I'm very honoured that you've come on my podcast today. we got a long association, very close, our families, and Matt, you want to tell us how that connection come i think i think probably the we started obviously a lot of stuff connected up later on with with uncle jimmy and and pop and our families that that were part of a i guess an aboriginal movement at some stage when we were a lot younger yeah yeah we we grew up in um walgut um that's where our, our dad and his family is from so we grew up in walgut as little fellas and then we moved around a little bit we went to narrabri and then on to bathurst after Dad had passed, and from there we've sort of made our way to Sydney at different stages and connected up with you guys later on. Um, I think it was at a touch carnival, actually, me and Walk. Connected up there. I, I was, um, we played State Cup together, actually. Set up the win and try you did. Uh, in the semi final to get us through to the final. You did. Boys still going about it, yeah. They, they, <laughs> I, I first started in, when, I, when I first got there, and they wouldn't put me in the start and line up the boys. They didn't know me. So, what team was it? It was, um, what were we called? Uh, I can't think of what we were called. It was like a Central Coast team. So Walking had had come up from Newcastle, a lot of the boys in the team, and and um, I was just this sort of little outcast that got put in the team. <laughs> Didn't sort of know the boys early on. Actually, Dee said last night he, he thought I was Lebanese. So he said <laughs> we were joking around last night. Yeah. Anyway, we yeah, we got we got through to the finals. Um, we were in a drop-off in the semi-final, and... That's when I started hitting, hitting my straps and the boys threw me straight in. Flick pass, got us through to the finals. Man. So, so how old was you at that time? Well, I don't know, about 16, 17. Yeah, 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 so fairly young. And then, and then, you know, just been able to connect with you boys since then and obviously uh, tribally connected as well, you know. So so it's it's been a, been a big journey, man. We've done a lot of stuff over the years, eh? Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, ten year anniversary since we went to New York. You done that um, song with Naughty by Nature. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty insane. So, like, you're about sixty now. So, like, 16, <laughs> I don't know. Well, if, if I'm if I'm sixty, you're, you're seventy two. So, I'm twelve years younger than you. Like, George is four younger than me. So, whatever age you go, knock it back twelve. He looks older. You or George? No, George got me covered. <laughs> They always think he's my older brother, so I roll with that. He gets wild about it, but what do you think about that, George? That's one way to burn a relationship when they ask that question: Who's yeah. the oldest? They actually think I'm the youngest. Even Trenny gets put in the middle, you know. Hey, true. <laughs> they just say that. <laughs> <laughs> they all know I carry the baby face on. Right? Oh, right. So it's been a while, bro. What's that? Sixteen. He's a. Oh, he's over twenty years. Over twenty years, <coughs> nearly. Really? We just stay close. Oh, you and Walker best mates, and yeah, he's real close, and just build our relationships, hey, with our families, and then obviously um, uh, rivalry on the 
on the football field with yowies and, and whack. Mm. We get rival <coughs> but supporters in the same breath, you know, like. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. I think it's kind of like, um, you reckon it's kind of like we're Aboriginal men first. Uh, like we've grown up here in Australia in a system where we've had no choice um, but to actually stand up and try and fight for our families and communities. It's the historical connection of Australia and Australia's history. So we've, we're outcasts. Your, your family obviously grew up in Walgett and you have a look at um, our old people and, and the history of where they grew up on dirt floors and on the outskirts of town and missions and town camps. Did you want to talk a little bit about your pop as well and like that historical movement of, because your pop was a legend. Yeah. In Aboriginal rights and land rights and that, and I think it's um, I think it's something that we need to talk about, like, like your historical connection and and how you just continue to carry the flag for our people on on a international scale. Scale now is the biggest boxing promoters in Australia. It's gone international now, bro. So from those dirt floors and all that, and our people being oppressed for the last two hundred plus years to now, what years have taken it? I don't think people realise the the drive and the passion and and your why for why you do what you do. You want to talk a little bit about your pop? Like at the time, they might have been you know dirt floors and all of that, and it didn't they didn't let that hold them back from trying to achieve more and and you know achieve equality, achieve greatness. Now we're in a situation where. We've had better opportunities the way that we grow up, you know, as far as schooling and access to employment and everything like that. And it, it just means that we're in a, a different position to, to strive for different things. We still have that same drive, that same motivation that they had. We're just in a, in a different living situation to what everyone would have been back then. And I think that's one, one of the things that we have always taken from Pop is that he always he always pushed for more. He always he always he, well. It started with being pushed to be treated <clears throat> treated respectfully at the time because I think at that time, you know, Aboriginal people weren't treated respectfully. We weren't classed as citizens at that time. You're popping that. We weren't classed as Australian citizens, but what? Yeah. So it's kind of like they had it way harder than us yeah and it didn't stop his his like i said it didn't stop his work ethics he still he still went to the war and fought for this country come back and was again treated treated like a second class citizen on return even though he'd fought for the country mm. you know he was still he was a gun shearer you know he 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 was instrumental in the aboriginal medical service and aboriginal legal service in in walgett and i think we were talking about that recently i think their their drive for what they were trying to um, achieve in better health outcomes and better better legal outcomes for our people who have been mistreated at the time. I feel like it's the, you know some of them organisations have gone away from that a little bit. You know, like the the legal services is a lot different to to how it was. I think when they when they set it up and why they why they set it up. You know, you know to to look after our people. And the people who are around it too, some of the people that we were lucky enough to meet yeah. as kids growing up who, who are now like, um, you know, high court judges and yep. Queen's councils, you know, like really, you know, really high-ranking legal people. These are people that Pop used to have in his house when we were kids. You know, they'd sit in, sit in Pop's house and listen to Pop <coughs> to be able to learn learn legal, legal stuff. Like, I mean, it was way over my head, but 
um, you know, they'll learn them from Pop on on what they should have been doing and what was what was fair and how people should have been treated. And um, they've gone on to to tremendous careers, legal careers, and they, and and bumping into them now still, they still credit you know, the learnings that they had from Pop at that time for, for what's led to them being where they are now. And, you know, hearing stories like that and, you know, like hearing, you know, having our own memories and hearing different stories like that, that's that's one of the things that always keeps our motivation and keeps our drive as well too because it's easy to get caught up, you know, you, you, you're getting the monotony of what you're doing but then you, you hear things like that and it reminds you of, what your drive is and why you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you're talking about those those community outcomes with our AMSs and legal services and that. Do you think that maybe a lot of the people, uh, our people, leaders now are actually seeing that, you know what, the answer's not in having to um, be accountable to government. It's about um, empowerment in our people and setting our own businesses up. Like, for instance, yourselves. Like, no limit, your, your business. Like, if you were accountable to government and, and all that, you'd have restrictions and that on you and what you can do with your money and stuff like that. Accountability, but you think that maybe um, setting your own businesses up and economic empowerment's a way forward for our people? I think it forces you to be accountable. It forces you to forces you to have tough <coughs> lessons when you, when, you, when you do have your own business, like you're... I mean, unless you've you've had mentors before it, unless you've grown up around it and seen it firsthand yourself, I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty hard. We've us and I think a lot of other black businesses, you're, you're doing it on your own and and learning your way down that path on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, your your lessons come from mistakes. Mm-hmm. You learn the hard way, mm-hmm. and and so that probably slows your slows your growth and slows the journey, but. They're still probably the best lessons you can have is is learning from your mistakes, learning from your failures, learning from your shortcomings, and and the you know sometimes the lack of knowledge that you might have about something. I mean, I, I've I've still been studying while we've been in the business, and there's things that that I'd learn in my studies that I thought far out five years ago that would have made us you know we we could have made money off that instead of blowing money because we just did, we didn't know that. Those simple business principles or them simple marketing principles, whatever it might have been, um, that you, yeah, that you you don't learn because you're just out there learning it as you go, and um, yeah, so that's sort of been that's sort of been part of the journey, I think. I think also um, what what you say, Abe, around um, you know, I refer to it as uh, economic independence, um, is the key to future for Aboriginal people because if if we're able to control and, you know, talk about generational wealth and things like that, um, that we don't have um, as Aboriginal people and and we haven't had to have that or unable to have that because of what's happened in the past, you know, and, and George makes the point around we're learning on the run now and so as we learn on the run now, hopefully that can change the future for for our kids and our people down the track, you know, and and I think it's a different fight we have now mm. to what mm. to what our old people had, you know, because their their fight was to get to a certain point of of being at least um, 
been given opportunities. You know, like you, you think of all the, the government jobs that exist now for Aboriginal people were, were never really around back then. Mm. And their fight they had was to get to that point where, where people were able to secure those sort of jobs. So a lot of people sit in jobs now that 100, 150,000 a year jobs in government and don't realise the fight that happened for for them to get, for them to get there. They don't, mm. they don't, but I do. I do. I've, I've always known where it comes from. I mean, <coughs> we marched um, since we were little kids. Like, mm. I remember being on Dad's shoulders at the age of three and four, you know, yeah. and us marching for for those rights for Aboriginal people. So we never ever forget where we come from and mm. we understand what's been laid before us. And I think we have that responsibility to continue to, to fight, but fight in a different way, you know, fight for... Mm. Our, our economic independence. Mm. And um, No Limit, you want to talk a little bit about No Limit, your business, and to, to get to where you're at right now because far yeah. out it was just like it was been a big journey, eh, bro? And, I mean, it continues to continues to grow and we, we just try to do our best, really. I mean, the thought process around No Limit when we started was... There was, there was um, you know, we're looking at things to do in in that sporting space, and just so happened that we we done some rugby league management for a little bit, and you and Walk was well, we're all yeah, in we're business together. together yeah, right? we were. And you then, want to talk people about that? Yeah, we were together, and then and then we sort of thought we might try our, we might try see what can happen in that in that boxing space, and. So it was a bit, little bit different to what was happening with Wok at the time. So we sort of went down that journey of, of the boxing and but obviously stayed aligned, always worked together and seen what we could do together. But um, yeah, How the long was that? Oh, the boxing, the boxing uh, 10 years ago this year. Yeah, so it was um, 10 years ago we had our first show at the WRSL Club, mm. which we talk a lot about because obviously having your first show at the WRSL club to to do a stadium and arenas now is is pretty surreal and it's one that um, has been a, a stressful but enjoyable process, you know, or, or journey. But it, it wasn't just that that first where you cut your teeth on, on the on the big events. You want to tell people a little bit about a lot of different tours and that that we've been involved in. Oh, yeah, 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 originally, yeah. So we, it's not like you you, uh, you weren't. Yeah, I remember even when we done, we we toured uh, Naughty by Nature, which was which was pretty cool. Again, we we didn't really know what we're doing. When, but, what year was that? Oh, gee, two thousand twelve. Yeah, maybe eleven or twelve. And so we, we took had, them to the knockout. Eh? Yeah, we took them to knockout. Well, they actually they actually performed at our first boxing event. The after party was Naughty by Nature, which was pretty cool at the RSL Club, but then we had Naughty by Nature's after party. Yeah, people sort of believe us. Was that 12? It was the year at Newcastle oh, Panthers. Yeah, I think it was about that 12. And then prior to that, we had um, Bauer <coughs> that we mm. took to Walga, which no one believed us at the time. I don't remember know, on Facebook, hey, all the mob were crazy. Mm. Hey, Training was just lies. Remember that when they were going on, they were saying it wasn't, wasn't, um, uh, Wake up yourself, Bow Wow isn't coming to Walgut. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was pretty funny. Uh, you, you want to tell that story there, Trenny? <laughs> no, you know, like like we were saying, um, it's to get someone probably of his status um, out there and stuff, you know, he was um, probably 
wasn't massive at the time, but the the things that he'd done prior to that was quite special. And um, you know, to to think that someone of his status was going to go to a little small community town of Walgut, people were just like ah, you know, like yeah. seeing all the comments and stuff on Facebook, <laughs> and um, you know, that everybody was just adamant that he wasn't coming, and didn't matter how many times we posted it and even got him to put up own video saying he's coming out to Walgut like Bauer himself did the did the video and um this still wasn't good enough still wasn't good enough for everyone and lo and behold it wasn't we, until he did the, the bus <laughs> yeah, and turned up in the knockout the, the little, little mini little mini 12 seater or something yeah. and just people run from everywhere and they couldn't get he had the to bus. stand on the roof yeah, didn't he? yeah he stood it's about roof, two and a half thousand people just swarmed him yeah so was, that was crazy, eh? Because yeah, people were like, yeah, how are you going to bring an international yeah, music yeah. artist to, to, to Walgut? Walgut RSL. You, and Walk, you said to Walk, want to take him to Walgut. Yeah, over. yeah well, we're Never going done. everywhere. We're going all the major cities. And then I said, well, you got to take him to Walgut. And like, can't take him to Walgut. And I said, <laughs> you're going to have to, you know, because everything we always do, we, we always think of our, our little town that, that we're from and we grew up in. And and if we can always... um take them on a on on a ride or journey that that um, can include something like that yeah. it's pretty good because we, we weren't that far in it was actually when we run the Walgut knockout and when we started the Walgut knockout at the time there was no rugby league being played in the region and everyone kept saying no one no one wants to play footy anymore and I was like everyone loves footy out there you know that's mm. what we, that's what we live and breathe for and I'm like no nah, no nah, it won't work it won't work so we just put it on and um, we got five teams. And it was a pretty cool day, and you know, a few years later, we run Bow Wow with the after party, and probably mm. got up to about sixteen teams, and and now it's up to forty teams. Yeah. But it all started from from five teams, and, and I think everything we've done has always been we've always been willing to have a go. Mm. Probably it's probably one of the things <coughs> that we instilled into us by by our parents, you know, mum and dad and pop, you know, is is that that drive to to be successful and be the best we can and and no matter how big the task is we it's like all right how do we how do we make it happen yeah and then after after that well we've got like the the whole journey of no limit like what what where is that now with no limit like what are you are like just to let people know where you are at like is Tim Zoo's obviously just won a world title. Uh, who would have thought that three little blackfellas from Mulga, 1967, wouldn't have even been until 1967, your parents weren't even classed as Australian citizens. Now you're in Las Vegas, you're negotiating with the biggest boxing promoters in the world. You're managing and promoting Australia's biggest boxers at the moment. It's, it's amazing. Like to, to where you're at right now, I think. People need to know the enormity of where we're at. As far as twenty twenty three, we've just we're still living in a country where we've been denied um, the voice at the moment. Mm. Come through, I think it was something like nine million people voted no that we shouldn't have a voice, and six million voted yes. So, like the odds that years are up against, as far as we're still up against it. Mm. But years are at ways are at now. You want to tell people sort of ways are at and the journey there. Yeah, you started years ago, Dubbo. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess we slowly build over over that period of time, and you know we eventually got on 
got an opportunity with uh, Fox Sports, and from there it's it's just um, you know our, our biggest. We focus on some some key things that we wanted to bring to the sport around you know the big matchups or the right matchups, fifty fifty fights, and all the different elements of of what our show is. We we try to make our show entertaining entertainment being at the forefront of what we do i guess where we're at from from a boxing lens is yeah we're one of the top promoters or the top promoter in the country we now do i think this year how many shows we do boys and not with 14 two of those international yeah so 14 shows this year on fox sports which is which is pretty pretty good i don't think it's been done before that many shows by Mm. um a promoter in the history of the Fox Sports around how many were put on this year. Mm. We've got world champion Timmy Zhu who, who was, um, when we started, we put our belief in him and, and I guess he put his belief in us. So that was, it's been a really um, unique ride with Timmy because um, we just keep keep going higher and higher and Timmy just keeps performing and we try to put on the best shows and, you know, we, we have a great mix there. They, you know, he's got a great team. He's got a great manager, great trainer. And and we're that third element around the promotion, you know. So we we all try to stick in our own lanes and and deliver what is um, the shows that we do. Um, and I guess, you know, we, with that comes um, a big responsibility, you know, because we're, we're, we're going to put on the biggest and best shows um, in the country for boxing. Mm. And and so um, it's not all it's not all um, smooth riding, it's it's hard work. It's uh, there's a lot of um, a lot of stressful nights and long hours and a lot of work goes into everything we do and I think I think that's one of the things we carry again around the values that we learned was was about working hard and and getting things um, getting things done no matter what and if we didn't have that attitude we wouldn't be able to be where we are now and as we continue to grow internationally and and we're looking at having our first um, our first event in in the US next year um, which will be pretty pretty enormous when it comes to few little blackfellas putting on a show in in America, it's 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 pretty cool. Underdogs, eh, bro? Yeah, it's kind of like the whole underdog thing. Yeah, we're coming from the smallest press community in Australia. So then you guys bringing Timmy in and Timmy buying into it, everyone buying into each other. Yeah, and Australia being such a small country on a world stage. Yeah, now we're going over there with the big dogs, and it's kind of like, bro, it's. It's it's phenomenal where you're at, and um, yeah, it's so who 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 else have you got that's coming through that that, that could be like Tim? There's a wealth of talent in Australia um, that have been earthed and unearthed. Um, I guess our, our next big fighter on the cards, oh, we've probably got two actually in really prime positions, and that's uh, Liam Wilson and um, Sam Goodman. Liam just recently fought for world title this year uh, over in Phoenix. And uh, it's still heartbreaking to this day for the poor fella because, um, you know, he, he, he dropped 
this uh, massive name, uh, Manuel Navarrete, coming up a division, a pretty much untouched world champion, and, and you know Liam dropped this guy and absolutely rattled him. And um, being the B side over there, the the fighter got a probably about a thirty second count, which you know really helped him, saved him, and got him through to the next round. And yes, yeah, so that that was pretty pretty big for Liam to even to be on that stage and uh, just being a whisker of being a world champion and then you know obviously you got Sammy Goodman's uh, he's in number one position now to to be fighting for world titles uh, both ranked in the in the IBF and WBO massive massive names that's in the boxing world that that we're looking to grow continue to grow in Australia and, and put them on that world stage you know we've got the likes of Nikita now again ones that have been earthed uh, that we're just growing into the household names because we really want boxing to be, uh, you know, one of them top tier sports in Australia. Um, that's mm. that's our goal for this. It's uh, straight probably based a lot on on the you know NRL and AFL, mm. but we we really want to put effort into these these fighters to be able to make it their full time professions in the future. You know that's that's the investment, uh, the long term investment for it. So. It's a long path to get there, but um, as the boys were saying earlier, just that hard work, mm. dedication that's been instilled from a from a very young age. It's something where you want to push to to get to now. So would that be like uh, different businesses buying in, supporting younger boxers and from coming to Australian boxers? Yeah, I think that, but then also just just the population in general. Obviously, you know, businesses and all that help sponsorship wise and everything, but you know, viewership. The fan like base, yeah, yeah. yeah. just building a fan base, and I mean it's 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 showing now where if you compare what it was like five years ago to how it is now, it's quite remarkable the, the engagement we get for boxing. Yeah, did you have any um, reservations as far as going into this field? Because um, obviously there would have been people in the sport that would have been in the in that lane a long time. Yeah, we got blocked. We get blocked all the time. <laughs> oh, he's got blocked. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it happens. I mean, it's like in the industry, really. I mean, there'll be people that, and I mean, there's still people now that tend to not always try to work in, but I mean, all you can do is work with what you can work with, and we're always confident in, in what we deliver as a product, and I think now fighters see the level that we're at and mm. what they can be on if, if they're part of, um, the No Limit shows, you know. Yeah. I, I reckon anyway, that's mm. just my opinion. No, I reckon they see the effort that we put into it. Mm. I think we come from an oppressed people who've had to think laterally too. Like even from taking Bow out of Walgut. Mm. What, what did Bow out say? Remember when we went to Walgut? <laughs> I had to see him too. <laughs> tell, tell him I about can't it. remember what he said, but it was... Uh, what, what did he say? What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. Who brought me out here, yeah. man? I, I gotta imagine he would have been freaking out on that road trip, eh? You know, when you leave Dubbo and, and it just gets more wide open and wide open, and there's nothing around, and then and you hit the pop cl- up in the wall. You hit the levee bank. There first, before you hit the Canamble Road, it's an hour, ten minutes of just straight road. Yeah. And he must have been thinking, oh, "What am I doing?" Because I remember when he turned up, he he just was he was at the sound check and he was just blown away by where he was performing, you know, like, I think he, <laughs> so he might have thought service. Walgett was like From Sydney or something. Brisbane you know? to Sydney to Walgett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Brisbane, Sydney, I think he might have had Cairns in there. There's one other place and then we 
talking about the wild bit. So that's was, lateral thinking, eh, bro? So it was something. But we um, take our people on our journey. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that great for us from a financial point of view. Probably cost ourselves money, but we got to give um, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for everyone that, that attended that, you know. And yeah. I, I think that's what we've been able to create a lot of times with, with the things we've done for pe- for for our community or for our people, you know. So yeah. it's um it's about trying to lift people up and take you on the same path, you know. It's about trying to trying to build everyone up as you're as you're up, you know, take everyone along the journey and yeah. I think it's something we always <coughs> think about. Yeah. And it's um very passionate. Um Walgut whack. Can you tell me a little bit about whack? Your Curry knockout team, footy team, and and for football, why it's so big for well, you followers, our community, uh, especially here in New South Wales. I think the first thing I'll say, and maybe these are that, the champs. Uh, this year. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. With the with the current champs, these are the current, the current champs. champs. The current so champs. we get to carry that for twelve months, and I think <coughs> that's one of the that's that's. It's a good twelve months coming. Uh, you know, months. we're the champs for twelve months. These are the champs. <laughs> you, you, I mean, I mean, you, you, you want to tell people what what the Curry knockout means because whatever we do all year round, it still means something. Oh, yeah. massive for Everything us. stops. Like we still, it don't matter. We we even try to clear our boxing schedule if they're trying to push us into a, 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 an October no. fight. We sort of. We try to push the other way, knowing that in the back of our mind we get knockout around there. We're not worried about <laughs> anything else, you know. They'd be thinking, "What the yeah. what the hell's going on this <laughs> October long weekend?" Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's something that you know. Um, we grew up with as kids. Um, we're lucky enough that that um, Walgett's always had a a strong connection and knockout. It started with our uncle um, and his mates. Um, you know, so we, we got three uncles from Walgett that along with three. Sort of from the the coast that that um, created this knockout that now um, has grown in the you know I believe the the largest gathering of Aboriginal people in Australia for for a particular event and it's and it's something and there's one team of the year yeah yeah mm. we won that as a national award yeah, the other week yeah that was pretty good eh um, it, it, it's it's something that's we've grown up with and and now. <coughs> We've got our kids or nephews or cousins, whatever. We, we, we try to get them to get that same feeling about knockout, you know, mm-hmm. so that it's just that, that feeling you have where you, you, you're connected and you, and you turn up and you just, you just embrace something, a, a special weekend of, of family and rivalry and, and, and footy. Footy is a thing that, I guess, it brings us all there and, but, but it's just that feeling you have sitting around at, at the motel together and mm. yarning and talking, and you don't get that all year. You don't get mm. you don't get it. Like you can chase that all year and you'll never get it. But you turn up at the knockout, all of a sudden you get that feeling. Mm. Well, it's it's a feeling that we have anyway. <coughs> yeah. I mean, it was something. You know, our dad dad was very much a part of. Um, we wanted to follow in his footsteps. You got to win three knockouts and. When we won our first, well, we never thought, probably didn't think we were going to get there. We won our first one. Mm. Since then, we've won another three, so we won four knockouts. 
Our dad won three. Because your dad and uh, his generation, he's one, the first knockout he's won was here in Newcastle. Yeah, right? it was. 88, oh, just down the road here. Yeah, it was. I, I, I was ball boy. Yeah, um, I was ball boy for the Newcastle yeah, team. We probably three rocks at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll probably, so we lifted. You just won the year before, eh? Hey? Yeah, we won it. We won in Armadale, yeah. In Armadale and our older cousins and uncles and stuff yeah. like that all were in that team. That's mad. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's like generational mm, thing, eh? Hey? Yeah. It's passed on to the next generation. Yeah. We're carrying those flags now, and we sort of remember when we. You played in that semi and we are pushing you around. Here we go, it? here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 2010, eh? Was it 10? You were playing front row? Right? Who, who won that yeah, year? George was riding sideways. <laughs> who won that year? <laughs> who won that year? Who won? Um, I, I think it was Minda. No, he lifted it. Oh, did he? Oh, jeez. Who did we play in the final? You sound like you could be. Minda. We played Minda in the final, yeah. He's could be. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember that semi, though. That semi. Yeah. Yeah, Yowie's versus... Well, that was the first time we played just yeah well yeah. we hadn't played just at, like as we were growing <coughs> up like since probably the 87 87 or something like that when when um Walgut met Newcastle in that in that sort of in those sort of games we played a couple of games um against emus um, NAB. yeah oh, no I can't remember I can't really remember NAB. I know emus used to be a team that we always drew um, in Dubbo, yeah, probably a few years before that, you know, yeah. around those early two thousand. Yeah, so um, but that two thousand and ten when, when you were there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about games when Newcastle lose here, boys. Um, so uh, yeah, Newcastle, we had a we we're all combined. I think it was ninety or ninety one where we. We separated all of our class, oh, mm. Newcastle All Blacks and separated into the Emus, Newcastle Yowies and Newcastle All Blacks mm. kept the original name. So, but we've got there our three main teams. Oh, we got Minda River as well. Yeah, from I, I mean we had a. But you, you sort of stuck together, or yeah, you said BAC. What was We're, BAC? We had BAC and and, um, <coughs> and WAC. We had WAC in a different form to what it is now. I mean, we had because um, you were split. What year did, did that happen? Well, I don't know whether it was split. It was more just the fact that there was an additional Walga team that that come along. Um, I, I probably couldn't talk on it because I, I was too young. Um, I remember Pop was with uh, Walga Aboriginal Community, I think it was, and then it was. Barwon Aboriginal community, and um, so Barwon is that the that's Aboriginal the river there. Yeah, and is that some one side of town versus the other, or no? Nah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't really that. It wasn't really that, and it was just it was just different people from town running a di different team. Quite local um, politics, but, that, but, it, but there was a lot of talent in no, the town. So really, to be honest, there was, like the like. Okay, so here's an example. The when. I mean, we were the first, BAC were the first team to, probably the, the almighty teams, won three in a row, mm. and and they never got beaten well, but so they eventually, um, they had the celebration of the 20th year or something that they <coughs> took it back to Guildford, I don't know if you remember, Guildford, mm. I think it was about 92. Yeah. They had the celebration, they took it back there, but, but um, 91, 90 and 89 or whatever the years were, were, were all well, but but the, the other Walgut team made the semi-finals, so there were two Walgut teams in the in four. the top four. So that was a 
generation. He's had a good generation. Yeah, it was such. There were so many like good players. Now. They were like, oh, I, I, I think, um, I think Bubba might have even been in that other team, and Dad, Dad was in BAC, and I sort of can't really. I mean, Lionel Boney, I think, might have been in the other team. He, he was super quick when man. He was a winger, eh? Yeah, well, centre. I thought winger centre, but he was fast. He was. He, he actually. Yeah, fast. He, oh, fast! Yeah, yeah, no, he 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 raced, he raced um Graham Lyons in in Walgett. They had this hundred meter sprint. And Graham Lyons at the time was like a big name in playing in Sydney at the time. I don't know it would have been what mm. club he was at. I think he might have even played in New South Wales, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, and um, uh, uh, Lionel Boney just um, they were neck and neck all the way, and Lionel dived at the end, and we thought it was the greatest thing ever that. Wilder Fuller just beat like this big NRL star. Mm. And one of the other things that happened at that time was Ricky kicked a goal from halfway and we went mad over that too because we all used to fight over getting to the ground. If you got to the ground the earliest, you could be sandboy because if you're sandboy, you got to take the sand out to Rick. Mm. And so, and Rick at the time was, and again, people don't realise, but Ricky always come back and played at the knockout mm. regardless of how big he was in NRL. And I think that's the reason why George, you know, George done the same thing. Tamana done it. Um, a lot of players in in that era that continued to always play at the knockout from where it go, and but you always knew how much Aboriginal community mean to the boys to be able to come back and play in that. Yeah. Because you know now you see Cody does that and Trell and mm. you know so it's it's something that. Um, what do you think about mob that is trying to whinge about uh, keeping our NRL boys from coming back and playing with our community teams. I think it would have been that if if I wasn't allowed to play in the knockout while I was playing NRL, my career wouldn't last it as long as it was, as long as it did. But my um, playing in the NRL is tough, and it's 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 a business, and it's it's not as enjoyable as you'd like to think sometimes. Mm. And so having that opportunity to come back and play in the knockout at the end of every year, that just fills you back up and gets you ready to go out and perform again in the NRL for another year. So I think the opportunity to to get back with your community, get back with everything that you grew up on that, that footy means so much to you, that's one of the reasons why NRL boys want to go back and play. Mm. And I think as a, as a player, whether it's alongside or against – Oh, it's one of the highlights of the knockout. Yeah. I remember when we used to get to play against, even like playing against Dino and that. Like we'd we'd try and do. Whatever. I remember playing Nathan Blacklock, and even then he was, you know, on the back end of his career. Like those opportunities are the maddest. And then even the year that just went, one of my highlights was playing Tweed Connections, playing <coughs> against Jareem Buller and and um, Malcolm Webster. They were in the same team, you know. Like Mal obviously didn't go on to a big NRL career, but he was one of the most exciting players that I enjoyed watching. And Jareem Buller is one of the rising stars now. So, mm. And yeah, my boy, my little fellow was watching and he's like, oh, you played against yeah. Jareem Buller. That's bad. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, for most people, everyone enjoys it, embraces it. I mean, I think that sometimes our mob gets dragged into the negativity that it that was instilled at certain stages of, of our life cycle and I think depression. Yeah. The, Part you know, of that, that mentality, that, that, that welfare mentality yeah. of we've got to lift up rather than yeah. stay down, you know. Mm. Look, I I'd rather beat I mean look at the team we beat in the, the final, man. That was a 
Crazy Boys, team. that was a mad team they had. Aboriginal yeah. um, Rivers. Aboriginal yeah. Rivers, yeah. They, yeah. they were an awesome team. Like The boys really turned up and, and played their heart out and we, we won the game. We shouldn't shouldn't have won the game. Mm. You know, people predicted we'd get beat by 30 or 40. Mm. Yeah. You know, so you've got to take a different mindset to, to anything. And and if you're up against an NRL player, that means you lift. Mm. You, know, you get better. Like in yeah. the whole idea, I mean, for, for 20 years, we never won the knockout. Mm. For 15 of those years, or let's say at least, yeah, 12, 13 years, we get beat on the first round. Mm. We never once complained. Mm. Yeah, we did the same. We didn't yeah. say, we didn't say, you shouldn't have that player or that no. player or this player. We're like, oh, okay, we're going to get better next year. Yeah. Let's just turn up yeah. and get better and better. We still look at our teams that we used to take back in the day and laugh at the little team because we thought we really had a chance of winning. Yeah. We probably didn't, but in our mind when we turned up, we were going there to win it. Mm. Mm. We might have got beat first round, but, but we didn't care. We'll yeah. it was, it win, was lose harder. or draw. We've never had a bad weekend of the knockout. Everyone's yeah. been a good weekend. Yeah. yeah. We could lose first round, or we could we could get through and win the final. Every weekend's the same. I reckon it feels mad. But yeah. we, we were looking back at our team, and and there were some teams there. We we're trying to work out how we even had a forward pack. We we looked at the team. We saying, "Oh, we played front row, you know, because we just <laughs> we just didn't have no one, yeah. you know." But well, but it was about turning up, playing the knockout, earning your stripes, and and building building what we believe is is a a reputation. And a culture, right? Yeah, that we that when you play us, you're always going to have a hard game, and we've always mm. gone with that. We're one of the foundation teams. Walgett's been in a knockout for 51 years, you know, and that's something that we we carry with pride. So, doesn't matter what what game, we, we'll always go to win the knockout, but we'll never not enjoy what we believe is one of the most special weekends of the year. Yeah, mm. yeah. Now it's um. It's amazing, eh? Like um, you carry those same principles, brah. Like that that knockout's one weekend for us, but um, it's not the only thing in our lives, and that's what a lot of our people got to realise. It's not just a knockout. As Aboriginal men, we've still got to work every 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 week, and um, it's where some of our I, th- I just think a lot of people oh knockout this knockout that you know what it's fifty two weeks in a year. Rose boys aren't. Focus on that knockout every every week. You know it's in your mind, and you've got to get there. And it, and it's it's vital for your community for you to continue to rep at this level where you're at now with business and lateral thinking. And we know there's different ways that we've got to manoeuvre, which is different to the rest of society, just because of our historic history of of our country and the way our people continue to um, kind of battle. But you guys are. Absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of you and, and what you're doing and just want to thank you for coming on my podcast today and hopefully I can get you to come back, eh? And, yeah. And, and talk about more on the journey because yeah. what you're doing is, is amazing and as the can, journey continues, I think that um, you're going to keep keep knocking down barriers and, like, George, you, like, are out, bro. Like, you're, um, you're transferred from... Being an NRL player into a um, commentary now promoter and a family man, I think like family. What does family mean to you? Uh, you as well, and and Trent. That's everything. I'm not. 
Your new answer. <laughs> just, to fin- just to finish off, eh? Yeah. Because- no, it's every. Well, I mean, one of my biggest highlights from this year's knockout was um, my kids were were the ball boys for for this year. Like they, you know, my my um, my daughter was there with her cousins, and they were, you know, cheering and and enjoying the weekend. And my my son was running the tea out, and he was the ball boy with his cousins and and with his mates. Some of the boys' kids, all around the same age, and. That's well, we grew up. We grew up as as ball boys. You know, I, I was a ball boy for 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 Walgan and and just did the knockout in general. I remember doing it in in uh, Redfern and Henson, and um, even going through our team. Tyson Hodge was a ball boy. Latrell Sigwell was a ball boy. William Kennedy was a ball boy. Like they were all, everyone grew up through that same yeah. that same experience, and that's why they carry that same passion and that same that same drive for the knockout because they get to experience it at a young age. And I know looking at them kids now, I'm telling you now in, in 15 odd years, we're going to have a red hot little, little knockout side with all the little boys playing together. So they're going to learn everything from, from what they see now, like families, families, everything to us. Yeah. That's it. Glad to that? Nah, that's it. That, that is what it is. It's what we, um, it's what we live for. And, and, um, you know, we can only only thank our mum who, who sort of um, who sort of took over a role for dad as well when dad passed. He was, we were only fairly young, you know, so mum has always allowed um, us to continue to sort of experience um, and connect with our both sides of the family and um, that's why growing up the way we did and I think now our kids grow up the same way um, it's special and it's something that we'll always um, we'll always continue to do and and I know that uh, dad was around he'd, he'd be super proud of where we're at with everything and same with pop, and but it, it's something that we never forget where we come from, and never forget who who helped us get there, and we never forget the people that actually mean something. And and family sort of come in different ways, whether they their blood or, or or family that that you've created through loyalty, and and I think that's something that we carry with no limit as well. Mm. Boys, when we look at um, the boys that that are with us at at No Limit and come to the events and help us out, they they boys that have been there from day one. Mm. We'll never forget that. So that's mm. one thing I think we're pretty proud of is that we'll always remain like that. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. Thanks so much, boys. Love you. Can't wait for the next. Um, and let everyone know where you're up to. So, yeah. Hopefully, big year next year. We're shooting for the stars, living in the sky. Well, leave a five star review for living on the leading edge. Living on the leading edge. Wherever you listen. Living on the leading edge.